Taking your Bible and turn to Matthew 4 there in the first book of the New Testament. We're going to read verses 1 through 11, and I hope that you'll follow along with me if you would. It doesn't matter what I say, it matters what the Word of God has to say this morning, and I uh, hope that you'll look at what the Word of God has to say to us more than anything that it is said. Verse 1 begins this way, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was an afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and sendeth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up. Lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written, Again thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up to a seeing high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Let's pray, would you? Bow your head and pray with me quietly as I pray out loud, if you would. I pray, dear Lord, that you would help us to see our need for this subject matter. And Lord, we deal with it on a daily basis many times over. Lord, you've shown us that right from your word, it is written exactly how to go about this. And Lord, it's a struggle. And I need your help, dear Lord. And we need your help, Lord, to see the importance of what the word of God has to say on this matter. I thank you for the privilege of being able to preach, being called as a young man to preach. Lord, I thank you for our pastor allowing the opportunity. And I thank you for his leadership. And I thank you for this church, each one that's here this morning. I thank you for this lighthouse and this community. And Lord, I pray that you will give us exactly what we need. We come to hear from you, not from someone, but from God Almighty. And Lord, I pray that you will speak to us and give us exactly what we need. Use me, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. You probably already figured out the subject of the day and the temptation. Well, this is something we deal with on a daily basis. And I don't know about you, but I feel as if we live in a world that we are, have temptation all around us. And uh, we are inundated with, with this matter of temptation. I want to encourage you this morning in this matter, titled The Message, Temptation Cannot Be Fought Alone. It cannot be fought in your own strength, in your own flesh, in your own body, in your own uh, way. We need help. I don't know about you, but I, the more I live each day and the longer I live, the more I realize I need God's help. And I need God's help this morning, and I've asked for God's help throughout the week because this is not an easy subject. I guarantee there's someone that's going to hate it. And I hope it's not you, but it is Satan because we're going to deal with things that Jesus dealt with, and we cannot hand handle temptation on our own. You know, the wonderful thing about the Word of God is as you hold it in your hand, if you don't have a copy, there's one provided in the pew in front of you. And I would encourage you as we look to the Bible this morning, and we're going to look at exact words that it has to say in Matthew 4. But the wonderful thing about the Word of God, is, and I believe this still today, is it gives very clear direction on how we're to handle everything in life. 
And one of the things that we have to go up against and that we have to deal with is temptation. And this matter of temptation, even Christ himself had to deal with it. He chose to deal with it here in the matter of temptation. Christ himself proves to us that he is Christ and that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. By the way, this is also given for us to know how to deal with temptation so that we see his example. Well, I'm glad for Christ's example today. And so many things, and, and more things than I'll ever be able to, to live, and it, because I cannot live them without His help, and I'm looking to Him. I'm a follower of His leadership. He's the leader, and I'm the follower. But you know, temptation can be overcome for us as well if we just see what Jesus did. And just as Jesus overcame temptation, so you and I can today. Amen. I'm glad for that. But you notice something with me, first of all, this morning... The first point this morning underneath the matter of temptation cannot be fought alone is Satan is at work after a spiritual high. Satan is at work after a spiritual high. Would you notice with me this chapter leads into chapter 4 with the latter verses of chapter 3. Would you notice with me verse 13 of chapter 3, Matthew chapter 3 and verse 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffer it to be so now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffereth him. Notice verse 16, And Jesus, when he was baptized. Can we just stop there for a moment? Can you imagine being able to baptize Jesus? Wow, what a, what a thing. And, and seeing that take place, just imagine even being there. And imagine baptizing Jesus as John did. Well, I'm thankful that our pastor lets me have the privilege and opportunity to baptize people at times, and I'm thankful for that. He can baptize anybody he wants to at any time. He's the pastor here. And I get that, and I understand that. And so I, I thank the Lord that our pastors let, let me do this at times. You know, it's a privilege it's exciting, and I have to tell you this, it's probably one of the most exciting things I get to do, is to baptize, and to baptize people. And we'll have baptisms this morning, Lord willing. And I recall when I was first getting into ministry and had just been ordained, and I recall the exciting, the exciting part of, of baptisms, a lot of times there's families that get baptized together. You can get baptized individually, and we encourage that. And this is an individual, Jesus, he's getting baptized by himself. So we follow his example in this matter. But it's something even more special, if I may, when a family gets baptized. We got to see a couple a uh, little while ago get baptized together. And there'll be a couple this morning, Lord willing, gets baptized. And I remember as I had just gotten ordained and coming into ministry, that I had a privilege of baptizing a mother and a son. And so I baptized... Uh, the mother first, and she was going to stay in the water, and she could do that if she desired to do so. And so she stayed in the water. She chose to do that and stayed in the water and then baptized her. Everything went great and, and wonderful and fine and, and well and exciting, and her son came in. And I say, and her son came in because he came in all right. It was a cannonball. <laughs> and uh, this is my first one of my first baptisms. <laughs> I'm scared to death already, much, not to mention getting splashed and, and, and dealing with the laughter and, and all that went into when that took place. 
And I asked him later, I said, well, I tried to give you direction, try to give you instruction. Why'd you do that? I thought it'd be more fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't have to add any more excitement to baptism. It's already exciting enough. <laughs> but you know, there's something special about baptism. And what a joy and what a blessing and obedience to Christ and the feeling of that. And those who come to know the Lord and they follow in believers' baptism. And you know, it's a matter that it's wonderful to see any baptisms take place. But can you imagine seeing Jesus get baptized? Wow. It's not just any baptism, by the way. Would you notice verse 16? And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. By the way, that's how we baptize, because in the water, immersion. I'm glad for that. Jesus' example here. And lo, notice what happens. The heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. You talk about a glorious moment. Now, not a baptism that's been... Uh, someone's been baptized in, have we seen the heavens opened? And the Spirit like a dove descending. And by the way, this is because this is Jesus Christ Himself setting an example for us. And there's a blessing in obedience. And it's a glorious moment. But notice verse 17. It's even, gets even better than this. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. But do you notice, this is very good, but it even gets even better. Can you imagine a booming voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased? Wow. Talk about a spiritual high. Talk about a wonderful moment. Talk about glorious. Talk about a great thing. Guess who's right around the corner? Someone who wants to do anything and everything to destroy it and to get attention off of Christ and off this heavenly moment and off this spiritual victory and, and off this obedience to the Heavenly Father where the Spirit of God is evident. Get this. Grab a hold of this this morning, would you, with me? After every spiritual decision that's been made in your life or mine, after every life that's been committed to Christ... Jesus being baptized, something had just been done that had mattered for eternity. I mean, the skies had just boomed. But lo, is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. An example. But get this. Guess who wants to fight? Guess who wants to tear that down? Guess who wants to destroy that? Guess who wants to just take an immediate stop and, and to, to take that obedience that had just started and put a halt to it and, and put a stop to it completely. Guess who wants to ruin that Christian life? And guess who wants to deal with someone who really, in Jesus' ministry, this is his first act of Jesus' ministry, guess who he gets to deal with? Satan. Satan himself. And one of the first things Jesus is dealing with early on in his ministry See, Satan wants to put his best foot forward and, and he wants to get in there and he wants to just stir it up and he wants to cause trouble. At the moment after, you made a spiritual decision. He wants to put up that best fight. He senses someone willing to obey God. He senses someone willing to serve God. He senses somebody willing to, to have a desire to please God. And after every mountaintop, after every triumph, after every victory comes temptation. 
Temptation. Temptation. Oh, the fight is on, oh Christian soldier. Because Satan is at work at all times, but new levels bring new devils, one man put it. Oh, it's a new level for you, dear one who just trusted in Christ and why we are so excited for this. The greatest decision you've ever made. And then we want to talk to you about baptism. We want to talk to you about obedience to Christ and and the believer's baptism. And then after that, we want to talk to you about discipleship. And after that, we want to talk to you about faithfulness. And after that, we want to talk to you about serving. And after that, we want to talk to you about sharing the gospel with other people. And after that, we want to just see that growth and take place one day after another day after another day. But guess what? There's someone who wants to put up a fight and go round for round with you and wants to destroy anything he can and wants to put a stop to it and wants to halt right after that obedience to Christ, right after that spiritual high. Right after that moment you just had, man, it was so glorious, so wonderful. But can I tell you this morning, I'm so glad for this, that victory can be found in Jesus. And what a fight, well, what kind of fight am I going to have to deal with? Brother Tyler, what kind of fight am I going to have to deal with as a Christian? Well, the fight of the pride of life. And the fight of the lust of the flesh. And the fight against that flesh. That's the fight. Would you turn with me to Romans 7? Paul describes it this way, Romans 7. Romans chapter 7. We're in a fight. The fight is on. Temptation cannot be fought alone. Romans chapter 7. We'll look at verse 14. Romans chapter 7 and verse 14. Would you notice how Paul describes it? And follow closely, please, to what he is saying. Verse 14 down through 24. And please don't miss this. Because there's a question at the end, and there's an answer that comes to the question. Verse 14, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin. That dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no, no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform it that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. Sounds like a fight. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Question mark. Verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh, the law of sin, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, chapter 8, verse 1, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh." when he died on the cross, that is, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in who? Us. 
who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Would you turn back with me? That's the Christian life and how it's meant to be lived. And boy, it's a struggle. It's a fight. Round for round, we're going up against this temptation, this, this person called the devil and Lucifer, and, and, and really putting an all-out fight. And he's going to do this to Christ in chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Notice with me, would you? Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. See, Jesus had just identified with you and me sinners. Always sinners in baptism. He had just identified, but guess what? He's going to keep that identification going. He's going to identify with something else with us here. He's going to now identify in a matter that he's going to face severe temptation. And by the way, his temptation, Jesus Christ's temptation, is way more severe than you and I will ever face. You know, it's, it's a, really a matter of temptation in a way that, that really, it's almost as if the new car going down the assembly line is tested. For you and I to drive, and I'm glad it's tested. I've seen some of, some of you, and you've seen me, how I drive at times. And so the thing of it is that I'm, I want that car to operate well. I don't need any help in the area of, of it not operating right. Why? It's tested going through that assembly line. That gold is tested to see if it's real. And I tell you, this is Jesus Christ being tested. Just as a car would go through a testing and an assembly line before it's to hit the road, before we get behind the wheel of it to see, make sure that things operate right. By the way, gold, see if it's real. See if it's not counterfeit, it's not fake. The real, the real deal, the real stuff, the testing. Think about it. Jesus Himself, Jesus Christ we're talking about, being tested. Severe temptation. And He's going to identify with us. And it's a matter that He identifies with us in a way of temptation. I mean, the cool waters of Jordan, now the barren wilderness. The huge crowds, now solitude and silence. The Spirit rests like a dove. Now the Spirit drives him into the wilderness. The voice of the Father had just said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now the hiss of Satan himself, the tempter, is heard. And he's going to go all out, all out with his slithering tongue against Christ. The one just anointed now is going to be attacked. The water of baptism, now the fire of temptation. The heavens just open. Now hell's man stands next to him. Battle is engaged and the, and the tax will be rentless and, and the devil will do his best to cause Christ, get this, to try to do his best to get Christ who has known no sin, who, who, will, who will die for our sin. He's going to try to cause Christ to sin. All the ammunition is put on him that he can muster at this point. The target is Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I find myself asking, why is he having to tempt Jesus Christ? Out of anybody, wouldn't you not want to tempt him? No, out of anybody, he wanted to stop him. For if he can stop Christ, then what good is Christ to us? See, the answer is found in Hebrews 10.18. It says this, For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, 
He is able to secure, in other words, bring help and bring re- relief to them that are tempted. Can I tell you number two this morning? This is the deal. And I'm glad for this. The Savior, number two, the Savior provides the answer for every temptation. See, the devil in verse 3, and when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But the answer comes, verse 4. But Jesus is here answering. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. Verse 5, then the devil take them up. But verse, and verse 6 as well, the devil is still speaking, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. But verse 7, Jesus said unto him, Jesus has an answer. Verse 8, again the devil take them up. Verse 9, say that thou wilt fall down. I'll give thee all these things if you'll worship me. Verse 10, then saith Jesus unto him. Think of this please, Christ endured temptation so that he could help identify with you and me. Christ endured temptation so that His holiness and His sinless character was put on demonstration in front of everybody. Because you and I this morning are reading from Matthew chapter 4 how Jesus was tempted. The devil tempted Him. It was in a place, the wilderness. Christ still provides the answer with what He said. See, how Christ handles these temptations is perfect demonstration for how you and I are to handle temptation. See, this passage of Scripture, even this passage of Scripture, if we had no other passage of Scripture but this passage of Scripture on how to deal with temptation, this would be enough. And I'm glad this is not the only passage of Scripture we have to deal with temptation. I'm glad for that, aren't you? But it's a matter that, that it, Christ provides the answer here even in this passage. And it displays it and it portrays it. And Christ knows what it is like. And every answer is stated. It is written. It is written. It is written. And by the way, we do well to just get back to it is written. And what it says, yeah, I'm taking it as it is written for me and, and for my life and for my family and, and the people that attend this church. And boy, it's written and that's, that's enough. We must get back to that. The story is told of a, a dad whose, whose son had went off to duty and had spent many a tour serving our country. And I have much respect for those who serve our country. My daughter this week, unbeknownst to us, she jumped out of the van and, and she saw a soldier. And luckily the van was parked. But uh, anyways, the, the matter is that she saw a soldier and she wanted to thank him. And I just thought, oh, that's great. And I'm, I'm thrilled that she has that heart and the desire to do that. Because they need our thanks. And boy, they put it all on the line. And they, they give her their life many times. And their families oftentimes have sacrificed to come to them. We ought to thank any soldier any time. And this, this uh, dad had a son in the, in the duty as a soldier. He had come back after serving his tour and said, Son, what is it that you've learned most from your time in battle? And he waited and he was wondering what his son would say. And his son replied this, and he said, We are taught to keep our weapon close. And at any moment, from any place, in any direction, the enemy can strike. And there's never an excuse for a soldier to be apart from his weapon. It must always be clean. It must always be ready. And a soldier that is casual with the gun is extremely liable to become a casualty. 
Can I tell you this this morning? We have a weapon. We better not be casual with it. Boy, it become a casualty. Better keep it close. Better keep it real, real handy. Better be ready to use it. Because there's a war. There's a fight. There's a battle going on. And there's temptations that will catch your attention and the allurement of the devil will do it all he can to, to try to take you away from serving God and try to get you away from obeying Him. And wherever you're at in your life, we better get back to it. Just what it is written is enough. May I say this? We have a few more moments, but if I were to stop the message right now, that's enough to know that this is what I need to get back to, and this is what I need to be around, and this is what I need to be opening. I need to make sure I'm clean because I'm ready, and I have my weapon, and I'm right there with it, and, and it's being used against this devil, and it's being used against this fight. It's being used against the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and the world that's going up against me. But this is the answer. And Christ dealt with temptation scripturally. You and I would do well to deal with temptation scripturally. But you and I want to just fight it on our own. You and I just want to have a conversation with the devil. You and I want to mess around with the world a little bit. You and I want to see, oh, if this, is, this might be okay for me, I can handle it. Many people have fallen prey to that. Many a person has, has been tempted. And temptation means to incite, to entice with evil, a solicitation to wrong. But notice with me, would you? In verse 1, it says he was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness. That's a place. That's a place. Don't, don't think the Bible ever contradicts itself. It doesn't. It actually explains itself more and more and more as you get into it. The Bible says in James 1, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempt any man. Verse 3, it says, When the tempter came to him, I, I notice a word there. It says when. Not if. No, the tempter's going to come to you. The tempter's going to come to me, and he's come to me, and he's come to you, and you know that he has. It's a matter of when. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when he comes. And when the tempter came, the devil, Satan himself, not by the Spirit was he tempted. Don't, don't, don't get into that. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Word of God says. He was led into a place, the wilderness. It's not the same Spirit of God tempting God, that does not make it even any sense. Because the Bible only makes sense. And when the tempter came to him, that's the devil coming to him, why was Jesus led into this place? Why was he led into the wilderness? Why, why did this happen? The same reason you and I are led into places in our lives. The same reason to prove what we're made of. To see if we've got the character to, to withstand the heat. To see if, if we are willing to give into the world. If we're willing to give into the flesh. If we're willing to give into the lust. Christ's character didn't, didn't fail. He passed the test. The temptation. Hebrews 4.15, it says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Yet without sin. For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, this definition of temptation that it's talking about in verse 1 even of Matthew 4 is to make trial of, to test, to prove on purpose, to ascertain a person's quality, to see if they've got the character, to see if they see what they think, whether they're going to behave themselves wisely in a perfect way, whether they're going to do right, to put to proof, to try to test one's faith, to see if they have the character to not be enticed with that sin. 
See, Christ's true character was revealed and Christ proved that He had character needed to withstand the temptation when the tempter came. Boy, He kept the sword close. There's a song by Ron Hamilton that says, The trusty sword from long ago still defeats the strongest foe. Win the battle for the Lord with the good old trusty sword. And what he's talking about is Ephesians 6.17, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is our offensive weapon. You and I hold the answer right here today already. For every temptation. You mean any temptation that I face? You, you don't know what I'm dealing with at work. You don't know what I'm dealing with at home. You don't know what I'm dealing with in my just life in general. Yes, we hold the answer. You and I have what it takes to not indulge in the world, to not taste of it, to not, not touch it, to not deal with it, to not have a problem with it in a, in a way of, of throwing the Word of God at it. I mean, just throw the Word of God at it. I mean, just get the Scripture right to that, and it'll, it'll pierce right through that problem. It'll, it'll deal with that temptation. But you know what? For it to work, we've got to use it. If I let this sword just sit over here, and I just put it over here, and man, that's, oh, there we go. That'll be nice. It looks good right there. And I, and I don't have it close. When that temptation comes, it's not doing me any good. And I'm not throwing the Scripture at it when that temptation comes. By the way, the Word of God doesn't mean that we had to carry our biggest Bible around to us to work, and here I go. You know, back when I worked at FedEx, I didn't, I didn't take my Bible, and here it is. Well, man, I have my Bible, but I'm spiritual now. No, but it says hide God's Word in our heart. And that means the Bible can go with me still, and it can be with me, and to hide it, and to make sure that it is hidden. Why? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I... Hmm, that's interesting. That I might not sin against... Who? You? Family? God Almighty! See, every time I sin, I sin against God Almighty, and I sin against Thee. It breaks His heart. It hurts. It's painful. To the one who died for me, the one who gave his all, the one who loved me. Oh, you sin and I sin. We don't get this. And if we get back to the fear of God in our life, we would have much more spiritual Christian in Christianity that can walk the talk, not just talk the walk. And it'll be a matter that, you know what? That there would be something real and genuine. And, and it's a matter that when we get tested, then we be as a diamond coming through and, and proof. That it's, a, that it's a matter we have a walk with God because we are truly sinning against God when we sin. We don't think about that too much. We've got to think of it more, and God help us with this. That I might not sin against God. Boy, the devil's real, and he wants to just fight this. The Satan is at work after every spiritual high, but the Savior is the answer to every temptation. Jesus Christ Himself gave the answer. In every temptation here, Jesus comes right back. And He has a conversation in a spiritual way. He didn't carry on a conversation with the devil any longer than He had to. And, and the conversation wasn't just His own words and what He just came up with. No, He said, it is written. He could have come up with anything. He could have said, when it was written. No, it is written. It's already written. It's good. It'll still work for you and I and, for you, and even today because it's already written. It's a done deal. We have it available. We have it ready right there. It's the Word of God. and We must have it in our heart. If we don't want to sin against God and we're faced with temptation and, and men and ladies are all faced with temptations and different temptations come our way and how are we going to go up against it? Oh, I'm, just, I'm better than that. Well, many a, a man and a woman that has thought that 
has fallen. And, they, and you would have thought that they were stronger than you and I if you looked at them and you would have looked at their family, you looked at their life. But you know what? How you're not going to fall goes back to it is written. You've got to get close to the Word of God and we've got to saturate ourselves in the Scripture. And we've got to get so close to the Word of God because, my goodness, I don't know when that's going to be coming right here and facing me in the face. And it's going to be getting my attention in every which direction. So I better make sure i got my sword ready. And the Word of God is going right there. I'm not going to have the Word of God if I don't know Scripture. If I haven't been to my Bible this morning, if I haven't been to my Bible this week, how am I going to get it? Right to pierce through that ugly devil and that and an ugly sin. And by the way, he's not ugly. He paints himself as a beautiful picture. And Satan is at work right after a spiritual high. And Satan's at work after a spiritual decision has been made. And Satan wants to just put a stalemate and, and, and just stall you out and no forward movement for God. One man put it this way. That Christianity is just a bunch of hype. No, 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 no. The fool has sent in his heart. There is no God. I heard that recently and I thought, oh my. I felt bad for that young man, and I thought, man, if I could say some of that young man, I'd say, my God has been too real to me to be just type. Man, my God has been too big. And the people I love and the people I care about and the decisions that have been made, man, he's done too many things for me to be just type. Man, my God has never given up on me. Boy, when I've given up on him, he's never given up on me. He's too, too kind, too gracious, too merciful to be just type. But you know what the devil wants? If thou be the Son of God. If thou be the Son of God. If thou be the Son of God. As if he was not the Son of God. He was the Son of God. He still is the Son of God. And verse 7 says, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It comes from Deuteronomy 6. Ye shall never go after other gods or the gods of the people which are round about. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Ye shall not tempt the Lord thy God. Boy, thirdly today, I'm going to tell you this morning another way that Satan is at work. He's at work at a physical low. He's at work at a physical low. If he can't get you at a spiritual high when things have just been made as a decision, and a spiritual decision has just been made, and he can't get you to stop and not make any more progress and not take one, other, one more step in the Christian life, then he'll get you at a physical low. Can I remind you of Job? Physical, wealth, children, family, took everything he had, but he could not take away Job's heart and his God. Matter of fact, Job said, Naked came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Can I tell you this morning, Satan wants to try to take advantage of you and I in an outward condition when we are frail and feeble. Notice, when the tempter came, verse 3, and when the tempter came to him and said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Why is he tempting with bread? Because he's hungered. He's hungered. Verse 2, And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. He was hungered. It's a matter that he was hungered. And you, you and I, probably, many of us, it's hard for us to imagine how hungered he was. He's alone. He's, he's in a condition that's not good. It, it, looks, it looks pretty weak. He's very frail. He's very feeble. And, he's, and, it, and the condition is, is ugly, and it's not, it's not a good one. It's, and he, he's very hungry, and it's a matter that truly 
Satan is going to put the battery of his temptations hard and strong while he's weak and frail. Can I remind you, our opponent, Satan, is a fighter. The Bible says he's as a roaring lion. He walks about seeking him and may devour. Can I tell you what he's looking for? He's looking for that weak spot. He's looking for the weakest link. He's looking for the tired look. He's looking for the hurt part on the body. He's looking for where that hit has already made it sore. He's looking for where the area of the blood is already showing up. He's looking for where you're tired and where you're weak and where you're faintest and where you're, where you're struggling to even stand up. And he, He's looking for the area that, that you want to give up in. He wants to encourage you to give up and to quit. He wants to hit that spot over and over and over and over again. And He wants to bring you to a crashing down matter as fast as He can. Your body laying there. He doesn't care. He wants you on the ground. And He's willing to go round and round until that happens. And I don't know about you, but it seems like, man, to fight the flesh and, and deal with the same temptations over and over and over again. And the besetting sins and, and all that. I don't know about you, but man, that same flesh, that same sin, man, that same, those same weaknesses, man, that same struggle. Then I came across this verse the other day, and boy, I love it. In Romans 16, would you turn there with me? In Romans 16, and we'll share just a couple of things with you more this morning and be done. Romans 16. Hope you got something from this this morning. Romans 16. Boy, this is interesting. Romans 16 and verse 19. Notice the latter part of the verse, if you would, with me. It says this, I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. We are to be simple concerning evil and wise to that which is good. Oh, we want to say just a little curiosity. Oh, it's not a big a deal. I've got it under control. I'm better than that. Oh, I'm just, I'm going to tinker with it a little bit and mess around with it a little bit. And it's, it's just a curiosity. It gets the best of us. And we want to treat sin as if it's just something that's okay. No, it's not okay. Right. Wherefore, him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. Can I say this? When we, when we sin, we're not only hurting God. We're sinning against God, but we're actually going against the Word of God. We're going against our sword. The offensive weapon that we have, as if we're saying, I don't need it. Don't give me any fight. I, I can deal with it on my own hands. I can, I can punch this out when I need a sword. And I need a weapon. But, oh, I got this. It's okay for me to Meander in that a little while, and it's okay for me to make that decision. And it's against the word of God. I, I know, no big deal. It is a big deal. Amen. The Bible says this in Ephesians four twenty seven: Neither give place to the devil. See, the devil is trying to gain position. And number four this morning, let's just get back to this again, would we? Number four, and lastly. The spiritual victory comes from God's Word. That is where the spiritual victory comes. See, why does Christ in Matthew 4 keep saying, it is written, it is written, it is written? 
for us to see that it is written. And for me and you to say, man, I want that written in my heart. I want that stamped hard. I want that deep. I want it in my soul. And I want the inward to show outward. And physically, eventually the inward does come out, by the way. What goes in does come out. And that's important for us to remember because notice what he says. Verse 4, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Can I say this this morning? The more you and I are conditioned with the Word of God in our life, the stronger, the stronger we will be able to fight temptation. Boy, the need to be more conditioned with God's Word. Can I tell you? Conditioning takes work. It sweats. It stinks. It, it, looks, it is painful. It's difficult. And I'm not the best physique up here to, ex- to exemplify, but it's, it's a matter that conditioning takes work, physical or spiritual. The Bible says this, For by the exercise profit little, but godliness is profitable in all things. And different people have different ideas of exercise. I know we have some that count calories. And so I looked that up, and the calories definition is tiny creatures that live in your closet and sew your clothes a little tighter every night. And all you got to do to test to see if you are physically fit is to go, to go to the store and see if you can pull the shopping cart that is stuck together apart. That's all you got to do. And if you can't pull it apart, you're not physically fit. But I'm just joking, but the Bible says it profits little. And extremely physically weak, but can I tell you this? Jesus was not phys- or excuse me, spiritually weak. Oh, he was physically weak, but he was spiritually strong. And by the way, when you and I are physically weak, we do well to be as spiritually strong as we can and realize I need some more spiritual strength because I'm so weak, i got to have God. And I need His Word. See, it's very much tempting, that bread, because He knows He's hungry. It's very much that Jesus has given the answer in Scripture for our admonition to us today that man should not live by bread alone. And about right now, you're thinking about lunch. And about right now, you and I are all about the bread and the physical bread. And we have some great places. And I tell you what, New Jersey, I would say, is probably one of the best places to live to have good food. And there is food everywhere you go that's good food and great pizza, Pastor. And, uh, <laughs> and so the thing of it is, that, and that's pizza from around here. I get it. I, I know it's not the stuff that's come in from other places. I, I, I'm uh, adapting to my temptation. <laughs> But we got to be careful because Christ is saying here the answer to temptation is for all of our temptation. And the answer is right here. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So I want to ask you this morning, do you crave this more than you do food right now? Is your stomach making those noises? You didn't have breakfast or you're looking forward to lunch. Where are you going to go? Who are you going to be with? Well, I love food and I'm glad for that. I'm glad for the richness of, we, of America and New Jersey even, and this food everywhere. But the Christian life is not to be reduced to just a meal. It's not to be just once a week. It's not to be just a few meals each week. No. If we did that physically, we wouldn't make it. But oh, we think we can do it spiritually. And we think we got it. We'll be able to deal with temptation. Oh, I mean, I'm going to deal with temptation after a spiritual high. 
and I'm going to deal with temptation after a physical low, or as I'm in a physical low, or right after a spiritual high. No. Jesus, tempted by the devil. You know how he won the battle and how he gives us the victory? We have the same thing he used, because it is written. And I'm so glad that it is written. And Deuteronomy 8.3 says, By every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. See, anything that goes against God's word, it's sin. God's will for you this morning is if you have not trusted in Him, to trust in Him. God's will for you this morning is to realize your need for Christ. God's will is for you and I to not rely on the physical bread alone. That's it. Now we can find food pretty easily. But you are not going to be able to fight temptation unless you have this spiritual food in you. And I wonder today, you find yourself coming off a spiritual high, physical low, Satan attacking you, will you find strength in God's Word?